new elders to come alongside and to start. Uh, when we started, we... Uh, so we're going to do something um, a little bit with Bob and JD. Would you invite your families up so um, for this first part? And then... Um, and then Maureen and Amber and... And if Morgan, you want to come, you can come. If not, that's fine too. But Amber, you don't get a choice. As Tom and Tommy both said, our, our family, and especially our wives, are, are integral to being an elder at, um, at Lake Shores. And we just want you to be able to see... I'm over here. <laughs> Uh, the video says we have to scoot together, but we have to be, so whatever. All right. No germs up here. Okay. Um, and uh, so this is your elder team. Um, moving forward uh, of active elders, these uh, are amazing men and women who love Jesus first, foremost, um, and trust him, and God has called us, we believe, um, that to, to lead Lakeshore's moving forward. So I just wanted you to see everybody, and then um, we're going to let our, our wives and our family sit down because the next part might take a little bit longer, than, and we want to honor them for that. So thank you all. Do you want to move forward? So um, Bob and JD, I'm going to ask you um, some questions, and... And we're going to ask, it's in the form of covenant. Covenants are things throughout um, Scripture, very much so, of promises that we make um, that are more than promises because God is our witness. And um, we say these to God, to Lakeshores, to each other. So as an elder of Lakeshores Church, Bob and JD, do you promise to joyfully keep watch over the souls of men and women at Lakeshores knowing that you will give an account to God for their spiritual welfare? I do. do you promise to care for the church and seek her growth in grace, truth, and love? I do. I do. To take steps to ensure that the whole counsel of God is faithfully proclaimed and taught from the whole scripture? I do. To equip the saints of the church for the work of ministry? I do. To recognize and appoint elders according to the criteria assigned to them in the scriptures? to prayerfully seek God's will for our church community and steward her resources to the best of our ability based on your understanding of the scriptures and the guidance of the Spirit. To be on guard against false teachers and teachings and protect the sheep from their influence. To lovingly oversee discipline when necessary for the glory of God, the good of the one discipline, and the health of a church as a whole. Do you promise to take the lead in setting an example and join all other believers in joyfully fulfilling the responsibilities of covenant partnership? And do you promise to pray for and with those who are in need at Lakeshore's Church? Amen. So, Tom, Tommy, we're going to invite you back up. Sorry, it's a lot of uh, stage management. And we're going to pray over them, and if you would, join us in prayer if you feel comfortable, um, if you want to reach out. Um, it is biblical to lay hands on those that God has called, 
And um, we are going to do that as a community. So if you would be willing to join us in prayer. Father, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we come together and we ask that your Holy Spirit anoints them to preach good news, to shepherd your people, to lead as Christ led, through humility, through service, and most of all, through sacrifice. God, give Bob and J.D. the strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to be your ambassador here on earth. God, may we always lead putting you first, others second, and ourselves third. God, thank you for the blessings you've poured out. Thank you for the love you've shown and most of all through your son, Jesus. In your son's name we pray, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So we're going to have a little special time here in a few minutes after the service. Um, they'll be in the lobby. Um, I didn't ask Tommy, but Tommy will stay a few minutes as well and um, be there to, to 
share with you, to speak with you, to, uh, so you can get to know them a little bit if you haven't had the privilege to know these incredible men. Um, in, a, in a moment, we're going to take communion. So if you do not have um, the bread and the juice, we have them there and there. Um, grab them. It'll be a, a couple minutes, but not too many. And I thank you, um, especially the visitors today um, who, uh, who came in on a kind of a different kind of day. But what a celebration. What a great, awesome opportunity to see God's plan and to see what God's got in store for Lake Shores. You know, God's church is much bigger than this building. It's all who call and believe. And eldership is, is, a, is a, a different sort of leadership than the world's leadership. Um, like most things Jesus-related, they aren't like the world. They're from God. And so it's an interesting thing because God calls us as humans to submit in a lot of ways. And that's a, that's a word that scares people, especially in today's society, right? And submit does not mean cower down or inferiority. It's just the opposite. It means that together, if you read Ephesians, it says we are to submit to one another in love. And God has called us as a church to submit to the authority of the elders as the elders submit to the authority of God. Now that doesn't mean I get to tell you what to do and you have to do it. It means actually that we together give our lives up for you as Christ gave his life up for us. The job of elder is to shepherd the church of God. In Psalm 23, 1, we're reminded that the Lord, God, is our shepherd, and in him we lack nothing. In John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. An elder manages the church. Titus 1, 7, 1 Timothy 3, 5 just reminds us of that. God is the ultimate shepherd, and Jesus shows us what it means to be that shepherd in John 10, to lay down your life for each other. I'm going to reference John 10 several times today, but we're not going to read it. It's your homework. To spend some time in John 10 and see what it means that Jesus says he's the good shepherd it is a powerful, powerful passage of how much Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me and what he's been willing to do. God appoints others to shepherd his flock under his authority. According to Acts chapter 20, these are often called overseers. A shepherd is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. A shepherd lives with his sheep. A shepherd guides his sheep by walking alongside those sheep. Not by pushing or by pulling them, but by going with them. A shepherd protects his sheep. He feeds his sheep, tends to the sheep when they are hurt or wounded. He restores the sheep when they are lost. He leads them to the still water. And we as Christians need leadership as people, or we, like sheep, will scatter, will be unprotected, and especially from false teaching 
So shepherding is the main responsibility of an elder. In the Bible, there are two words we use for elder or we use for overseer, which are interchangeable throughout the scripture. Number one is presbyteris. It means like an elder, a leader, or an old man. (laughs) Welcome, JD. (laughs) The other word is episkopos. And it means leader, overseer. Later on, the Roman Catholic Church and some other churches used it, um, bishop, which is a translation of the word into Latin, is basically where the word came from, from the Greek word of episkopos. And and Paul uses those words interchangeably. If you go throughout scripture, at the beginning it'll say overseer, and then it'll it'll, it'll say um, episkopos, and it'll change to presbyterian. It's just in the same passage of scripture. They're interchangeable. But I thought you guys might want to know that, and if you notice, two denominations actually use that, right? Presbyterian, presbytos, and Episcopalian, episkopos. That's where they got those, those words, if you ever wondered if that's important to you. But some people it isn't. But these words mean overseer, leader, shepherd. And we are called to shepherd, but we're also called to do more as part of that shepherding. In James 5, 14 to 16, we read these words. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick, sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed, because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is a huge part of being an elder. We are called to be with people who are sick, both physically and spiritually. We're to pray over them. We're we're told to pray and anoint oil over those who are sick. We as elders are called to go where, where Most people won't. God wants us to act in faith, not in fear, when people are sick. And God promises that people will be healed. A few years ago, I was called into an emergency room situation where a woman at at another church that I served at had been in a horrible car accident. And I remember walking into the ER and seeing this frail little old woman just literally mangled. And, and I remember sitting there going, God, there's no chance here, right? But I was called to pray as an elder to lay hands on her, even though she was unconscious, and pray. And, you know, I, many times in my life I've been called to ERs. <laughs> some good, some horrible Some I've got to see God raise up. Some I've got to see God celebrate and really heal by taking them to heaven. But this little old woman was, this little old woman was someone I was sure had no chance. But I prayed anyway. And God, by his divine power, healed this woman. And I still don't know how he did it. If you ran into her today and she still lives in this community, you would never be able to tell that she had been literally run over by a car. God calls us to go and pray. It's not anything about Will, J.D., 
Bob, John, Tom, Tommy, Gene, any of us, it's by God's power. And God's word says, when you're sick, have the elders pray. And God's word never returns void. So by being obedient to God, we get to see God do amazing things. In 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18, we're told this, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. For scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain, and the worker deserves his wages. Also, 1 Timothy 3, 2, Titus 1, 9, and 1 Peter 3, 15 all say very similar things, that our job is to teach and preach and to oversee the church. Elders are responsible for teaching the true and correct word of God. They're responsible very much so for fighting false teachers. And let me tell you, that is as important today as it has ever been. Roman gods in those times were the false teachers. Then it turned to Gnosticism. Then it turned to all these different things where, where people would take a little bit of truth and come in and bring a whole lot of lie and would lead people astray. You remember a few, few, few months ago, we went through 1 John, and the whole point of the book of 1 John was teaching against false teaching, written by John the Elder. Isn't that interesting? Nowadays, humanism, secularism, all sorts of different religions have made their way into Christianity, where we have lost many a Many a church, many a Christian have lost their way. And elders, you, at uh, uh, church, you need to hold the elders accountable for this as well. If we are not boldly proclaiming the truth of God's word, then you need to call us out. Because it is our job to bring that back. Remember John 10, 11, where Jesus said he was the good shepherd? It comes one verse after Jesus tells us that the thief, the devil, comes only to steal kill and destroy but jesus promises to lay down his life to protect us when you go back and do your homework and read john chapter 10 you'll see that the beginning of that pair the that story that jesus is talking about the good shepherd it tar- starts out with jesus saying i am the gatekeeper and what that literally means isn't that jesus was a doorman it means that jesus honestly laid that lays down at the gate entrance to make sure nothing can get through the gate he doesn't allow. It's a, it's a beautiful word picture of Jesus being our shepherd and what it means to be a shepherd. It reminds us who Jesus is, what he's willing to do for us. Paul went on to say in Titus about false, te- false teaching and how bad it is. In Titus 1, 9 through 16, it's kind of long, but here we go. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage by others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. For there are many rebellious people, full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not to teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of Crete's, who, who Titus was written where he served, and it's where he was when he was, got this letter, one of Crete's own prophets, prophets has said it. Cretans are always liars, 
evil brutes, lazy gluttons, glad I'm not a creep. This saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will sound and be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. God's serious about false teachers. So we better be as elders. Our job is to fight false teaching. And our weapon is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. So an elder must be in the word, allowing God to work on us individually and as a church through it. It's not an easy job, as many false teachers like to tickle the ears of us and say things that sound good. A very popular false teaching today is right is relative to me. That whatever I think is important is important. That as long as that, that, that you can't do anything to me. Hmm. In love, elders must speak out against what is wrong. And in that one, for example, God makes it very clear that the only judge of right and wrong is him. And there is right, and there is wrong. And we must seek, as Christians, to live as Jesus called us to we must not speak the right of our own minds, but the right of the word of God. It is the only true measuring stick of God's will. Elders are called to build up the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 really sums up all that elders are called to do. So hear these words. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. J.D., Bob, Will, and I are called to build up Jesus's church as you are as well. And we promise to do it by following the scripture and the Holy Spirit's guidance. It is a, a challenging thing. I I quoted, I read the scripture about that those that are, you should seek out preaching and teaching because that is a admirable thing, right? There's another scripture that says that an elder that leads someone astray, it would be better for a grindstone, grind, millstone be tied around their neck and they throw in the, thrown into the ocean and drown than to face God's judgment. That's pretty serious, huh? So pray for J.D., Pray for Bob, pray for Will, and I ask prayer for me. Pray for Tom and Tommy and Jean and Tom, the other Tommy, and Steve, who have all served as elders at Lakeshore's Church. 
Pray that God continues to move and that God gives us the strength and the courage by His Spirit to lay down our lives for you, as Christ did for His church. You know, all of this is only because of what we celebrate in communion. What we remember every week when we come together, and and this is how we're going to close our service today. When we remember that when Jesus gave his body for us, we remember that he did that by his own choice because he loves you and he loves me. And when Jesus' blood was poured out, we receive and experience again and again God's forgiveness. We remember that, that God sent his son Jesus to come to this earth and to live a perfect life. That he sacrificed himself because he loved you. He loved me. And then no matter what our past is, no matter what situation we're in right now, and even what situation we find ourselves in the future, that his grace is sufficient. That what he gave us, what he gave up for us on the cross, is all we need to be restored to a right relationship with God. So if you've never received Jesus, his forgiveness, his grace, and his lordship, As we take communion today, ask Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be yours. We celebrate that at communion. We celebrate that as elders. We celebrate celebrate that as brothers and sisters in Christ. Because what Jesus did for us, we can never say thank you enough. And we can never celebrate enough. So as I pray, I encourage you to, when I finish, to take communion, take some time to pray. Grayson's going to play a little music, and then I'll come back and I'll close our service. But let's thank Jesus, and let's pray for our new elders and those that have transitioned into a new role. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you've done for us. We thank you most of all for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that he chose to give himself up for us because he loves us. God, give us the strength to trust you. Be with J.D., be with Bob, be with Will. Fill us all with your Holy Spirit so that we may lead as you lead. May we love like you love. And may we give of our life as you gave of yours.
Well, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for celebrating um, this great day in Lake Shores as we move forward and, and are excited about where God's leading us. Um, we are so glad you're here. If, you're, if you are, if this is your first time here, thanks for being here. I'd, I'd love to say hello to you out there. And I encourage all of you to say hello. I'll let um, Tommy and Will and JD and Bob, y'all kind of, and maybe with your families, y'all head on back out there. So put your mask on like good people. And uh, they'll be out in this area if uh, you uh, would uh, be willing to stop by. We also um, have, uh, have put together some gift baskets for Tommy and Tom as, as a thank you. Um, they're out there for you to look at, but right next to them are some note cards. And we would love, if you were willing to, to, to write a, a, a note of remembrance or thanks for them, to them, so that we can deliver those this week and uh, just as a gift, especially um, Tom, who, who, man, he struggles with not being able to be here, I promise, but he, he just, he really doesn't have a choice. And so um, please, please do that. Enjoy your time. Have a great week. And what's your homework? To read John chapter what? 10. Good job. I have to repeat so they hear it online because you guys, they, they know this stuff. Y'all, we're all in this together, right? So God bless you. May you have a great week and I'll see you next week. God bless you.